Our guest speaker today, I'm really excited um, that Rick and Louis are here. Um, Rick, as many of you will know, was uh, the captain of this ship for uh, a decade from 2005 to 2015. Uh, and he really did reignite this story of landing uh, and launching. Yeah, and actually, we've had a remarkable time this year uh, as we've kind of been exploring some of that story, some of that history uh, of people landing here in Shadwell and launching out uh, to plant, to discover new lands. We love the fact that James Cook was here. And, uh, and I think one of the things that Rick and Louis and the team did was to really reignite that story of adventure and exploration and giving and sending. Uh, and it's such a privilege to have them here uh, today. Rick's going to come and encourage us. But uh, I just wanted to say a huge thank you before uh, Rick comes. Rick's been a huge encouragement uh, to me. I've been here about three and a half years, and I first got to know Rick a little bit when we planted uh, CC Spitz, which was really when I first joined in with this SPS story. And I brought a team from HTB, and Rick sent a team from uh, SPS. And, uh, and we were able to converge with the guys at Christchurch Spitalfields. And, uh, and it's remarkable what God has been doing there. But Rick, thank you so much for all your encouragement, for your love and your support. Uh, and we're so excited to hear from you uh, today. So can we hear it for Bishop Rick? Well, um, thank you very much, Phil, and uh, it is such a privilege for Louis and I to be, um, to be back, if we're allowed to say that. Just, um, it feels like home from home in a very kind of um, weird way for us, and you know, just seeing lots of familiar faces. But also we're really excited to see lots of new faces, um, because you know, this is a place of, um, you know, of transition for many. You know, some are called to stay, but many are called to go. And you know, that opportunity, not just to be in a place for a while and then move on, but to actually be in a place, absorb what's going on, play your part, and then rather than go, be sent. And it's just a completely different mindset to, um, to an experience of a church if you're um, just here for a while. And um, you know, this is an extraordinary place. So thank you. Thank you for that welcome. Um, we would love to uh, just look in, at the scriptures a little uh, bit and to explore what, those, uh, what the, you know, this particular parable I want to speak on today has to say to us um, individually, but also us as a church. So um, would you like to, if you've got a Bible or access to a Bible, um, I'm going to be looking at Matthew chapter 13. And uh, this is the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, and on the Church Bibles it's page 925. I'm just going to read verses 1 to 9, and then 18 to 23. So here we go. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Then verse 18. I'm glad this bit's in here as well. Listen then to what this parable of the sower means. When people hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to people who hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution uh, comes because of, the word, because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to people who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to people who hear the word and understand it. They produce a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Why don't we pray and ask God to speak into our hearts. Father, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that you love to speak to us. And we thank you for these words, the parable of the sower. We pray, Lord, that today, this morning, you would speak into our very lives, Lord, into the circumstances and the experiences uh, of our own lives. But also, would you speak into the life of this church? Thank you for this church. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of it, um, and indeed your wider church. We pray, Lord, that you would um, do something new in us afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, First of all, I just want to say congratulations on today. It is um, wonderful. You know, we feel we're a part of it, but you um, embody this uh, celebration so much. And all these fives and tens and fifties and hundreds, it's, and it is extraordinary how it's almost like um, God's kind of lined things up um, to notice them and to celebrate them. And, um, you know, they're significant uh, in, you know, it's a, in whether it's a building itself, which was built for the glory of God and for people to worship in here. People have been worshiping on this spot for over 350 years. You know, the, the fact that it became a parish 350 years ago is, is almost like a maturing of the first group of people who were there to start with. And then it was acknowledged that actually, yeah, you should be a church in your own right, not just a chapel of ease for um, an extension of something else, but in your own right. And so people have been worshipping here on this ground for hundreds of years. You and we are joining in with something that God has been doing already. And that is so much part of you know, something for ourselves where we recognize what God is doing in us. And that's exciting. But also we recognize that we are joining in with something that God has already been doing. There's something new for us. But there's also something new to discover that he's always been here doing it already. And, but the thing is that he wants you to grasp the now. He wants you to kind of get into the what is it for you that God has for you to do, for you to be right now in 2020. How are you going to um, grasp what God has for you and, and, to, and to make the most of that? That's what this parable is about. Um, uh, I was thinking as, as well, you know, obviously you've had really good leaders in the past. You know, um, <laughs> 
but you've got even better ones now in um, Phil and Charlotte and you know, the PCC and the leaders of this church. Honestly, you are, uh, it, is, it is so exciting for us to watch from the sidelines now as we've uh, moved uh, elsewhere to see what God is doing with you. And, and honestly, it, is, uh, it just warms our hearts every time we see on the Instagram feeds and the Facebook comments and so on what God is doing with you. So I just want to say, you know, we want to say, well done. You're being faithful. Uh, you're going for it. And, you know, with, with great kind of um, aplomb, you're just saying, let's go for it. Let's keep going for it. So today, um, what we uh, want to do really is to, we are celebrating what's important. I mean, as we look back, we're celebrating but the reason we celebrate is we celebrate the things that are important to us. And so what that does is it spurs us on towards what God has ahead of us. You celebrate what's important. And, and of course, this is important for you and indeed for the kingdom. So this parable, what impact are you going to have on the people around you? How are you going to see that good crop that is going to give a return of 100 times or 60 times or 30 times what was sown. I think it's really interesting that Matthew puts it that way around. 100, let's go for, the, let's go for maximum fruitfulness. But even 30 times is the expectation when seeds are sown in good soil. So what impact does God want you to have? How can you make the most of that impact? But also as a church... How can you continue and increase your impact on others? I just want to draw out a few very simple things from this. First of, the first thing is it's all about sowing into good soil, discovering the good soil, seeking out that good soil so that you can get that return that um, Jesus is after in you. So this parable is about people's response to the gospel, about hearing the message of Jesus. I loved how we sang um, the creed about what we believe as a church. And, you know, what is, what is this message that um, is worth hearing about, that is so important for Jesus? Well, it's very simply the story of Jesus. That um, the message is, is that God loves you. It's something we need to receive ourselves, to be receptive again and again, but also we get to tell our story to others when they ask us. We get to um, seek out those opportunities to be a blessing to people, but also to speak our experience, to say, yes, this is what's happened to me. The word witness comes from a Greek word, martyr. Uh, fortunately, we don't, you know, we're not in an age where many people in our country get to be martyrs for their faith. Some do, actually. But um, to be witnesses, that is just like being in a dock um, in a court. They ask you questions to say, what's happened to you? And someone you know, might say to you, well, why do you go to church? Or what's this all about? Why are you so happy about life and, or whatever it is? And you get to be a witness to say, well, this is my story. And no one can change your story. You, you have your story to tell, to be a witness. And so that message of Jesus is very simply that, that God, um, the, the love that God has for us was personified in Jesus. He came because God so loved the world that he sent his son. And his son came, Jesus came to bring um, the kingdom, to uh, bring healing from um, sickness, to bring uh, you know, freedom from addiction, to um, see life come where people are just looking for life, to see that forgiveness of sins, 
the, the things that weigh us down, the things that hold us back. Jesus sets us free from those things to give us new life, to give us hope for the future. There's so much. Um, I love the, the, um, the way John describes it at the beginning of his gospel. To those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we receive him in our hearts, when we say, Jesus, come, I want you to be part of my life. When we believe in him, I believe that you died for me, that, you, um, that you've forgiven my sins, that you give me new life and hope for the future. Then we have the right to be children of God. It's not, we can't earn that right. It's given to us when we receive him. Absolutely extraordinary. That's why it's such good news, that we get to be children of God that he does all these things in our lives and actually gives us, propels us into a world where people need to hear this good news, the message of Jesus. So this parable is about how people respond to that message. And it's not just about how people respond when they hear. I think once we hear, there's also something about how we continue to hear this message. So I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when it feels like I'm on rocky ground. And... God is doing stuff and he's speaking to me, but I'm not really responding in a very helpful way. Or it's, it's like weeds in my life are just choking out what God wants to do. So something about hearing, if you're not a Christian or for people who, who need to hear the gospel, how are they going to respond to things? But also in our own lives, how are we responding? What's going on right now in our lives? And I love the four categories that Jesus talks about. Um, I kind of summarize them like this. It's like, you know, the, um, the unresponsive. They're people who just don't get it. They don't understand. And uh, how much of the time I, I'm so like that? A lot of the time I just don't get it, what God's doing. <laughs> um, and then I suddenly realize later on, it's like it's taken me a while to get it. But also, how many of our friends or colleagues just don't get it? It's quite discouraging sometimes. But there are, Jesus is saying that you should expect this. Still a seed being sown in those places, but there's a natural response for some that they just don't respond. The unresponsive. But then there's the flaky. The flaky are those where they hear it and they get really excited about it, but then as soon as the pressures come, it's like they just fall away. And um, again, you probably know people like that, where it's just they've started coming to church maybe or started that journey, but they're just not, they haven't followed through. They haven't got deep enough roots. But again, in our own lives, you know, are there things where Jesus has spoken things to us and we've really responded and said, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then actually we don't follow it through. That decision hasn't been rooted enough in our lives. The flaky. Then there's the distracted. People who are just, um, they're absorbed with the, um, the leisure, the pleasures, the treasures of life. And they just don't really um, see that the word that Jesus wants to speak is important. They're kind of trapped in the now and not able to see beyond their own present experience about what's something which is more, more important and deeper. And again, our own lives, you know, we just get absorbed by stuff around us. Um, what other people think or what God is wanting to do, but actually it doesn't quite, there are other things that have a, a slightly more important um, place in our lives. But then... There's the receptive, the uh, people who hear it and understand it. And it yields a crop when that happens. That is 160, 30 times what was sown. And we know that in our own lives as well, don't we? There are parts of our lives where, oh my goodness, God has done so much in my life. 
during those particular periods of time. Often when things are really, really hard, when we look back, we see extraordinary things that God has done. And Jesus is saying in this, go for the good soil, seek it out, um, get, the, get to the place where the roots can grow deep. Get to the place where you're saying, God, I, want, I really want you to do this. Um, and actually, I don't think I can do it on my own. I need your help to do this, but I want to get that rootedness. Look for people who are responsive. Look for those, that kind of, those signs where people are saying, you know, can you tell me a bit more? All the data says that one in five people in this country want to have a conversation with a Christian about their faith. They want to. We think there's actually one in five who definitely do not want to have a conversation with you. <laughs> so it's almost like, okay, how are we going to work out which is which? <laughs> We've got to kind of be kind of careful about that. But if one in five want to, it's almost like, you know, you go through your lists and, of friends and go, who... who who can I speak to? How can I pray for? You know, the praying, those knotted things, so important to pray. Lord, show me the response of people, but also those people who might be, help me to just take the next step of having a conversation with them. So whether it's in your life or the people around you, seek out that good soil so you can see that crop that produces a return, which is extraordinary. And, you know, for me in my own life, I've, I've seen that again and again. You know, in each of those categories, I've seen... Um, seeds sown by God in my life just frittered away by me but when there's the good soil when it hits it's extraordinary when um, it's like you cannot control the good things that God is wanting to do in you it's worth persevering and going for it that's the first thing to draw out but the second thing then is to celebrate the fruitfulness you know this parable is about um, it's all about focusing on that good soil it's, it's moving towards that because that's where things are landing and that's where Jesus wants us to land ourselves. And, you know, the, 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 the celebration of today is so important. I mean, the thing um, uh, I often have to remind church planters about is our church history because they're excited about looking forwards rather than back. But yesterday, we celebrated St. Paul's life. It's the celebration of his conversion, the 25th of January. And I love the way this Sunday always lands around the conversion of St. Paul as we look back in history. So St. Paul's Shadwell is named after St. Paul, who was a church planter par excellence. But also, you know, he, he got converted and his life got completely transformed. The good soil that he, you know, seeds were sown in his life many, many times before that moment. There's a moment in his life where he came to faith and boy, what happened in his life? everything transformed. It wasn't just a, a hundredfold return, it was a millionfold return. Millions and billions of what happened because he took the faith out to other people and planted churches so that other people could discover who uh, Jesus is. And, um, you know, this story is an extraordinary story. Um, uh, I thought, you know, we were doing really well when we planted and when we started planting other churches. And then I met someone who said, um, oh, you know, we kept on walking around your church praying. There was a group of us praying in the 80s and the 90s for renewal and revival, for God to do something in this church. It's like, okay, you know, people have been praying specifically for something that's actually got nothing to do with us. They were praying, God preparing the ground. It's almost like working the soil until those seeds were ready to be planted or those seeds have returned to crops. So someone else was praying. It makes a difference. So prayers have been happening. And I just want to affirm the last week you've had, 24-7 um, prayer is going to make a difference in the life of your church. It's not that we do it in order to earn something or for things to happen. It's that when those things, when people do pray, things happen. And so look 
for what God is going to do, um, but also reflect on what God's been saying just in the last seven days. Really, really key. And I, I just want to keep on saying, um, stir that fire of prayer. Because the more I'm involved in this, the more I realize, actually, prayer is not going to happen without us praying. It's not going to happen without us getting into a place where we align ourselves with what God is, wants and what God has been doing. You know, we can be doing some great things, but slightly in the wrong direction. But if we align ourselves with him, as we discern with him what he wants to do, then actually things make a massive difference. We, we get with the flow of what God's wanting to do. And actually then it makes sense of asking. We start asking for the right things. Of course he wants to answer our prayers. We start discerning what he wants to, to do with us. He guides us as well. But, uh, you know, he talks about the plants, and I love to see them on the board over there. It's great. The plants, but there are more plants than that that you are responsible for. That actually, in, when you end up in heaven, I'm just giving you a sneak preview of what um, uh, people are going to come up to you and, and say to you. Um, so... Some of you will remember Jez Barnes. Jez planted with us in 2005. So in 2010, roughly, he went on to um, uh, St. Uh, uh, St. Stephen's Twickenham, where he became the vicar there with Emma um, by his side. And um, they, since then, planted three churches. So um, because um, it had a history of planting about 10 years before, but then he kind of reignited that. And um, so they saw plants planting from there, and some extraordinary kind of growth happening in West London. Um, and in, indeed, people have gone from there to plant other churches. Um, we've talked about uh, St. Matthew's Canning Town, um, but also All Hallows has planted another church um, in Stratford with, you might remember, um, uh, Ellie, um, Ellie and Dan. So Ellie was my PA for a while. Um, she married Dan. They've, um, they've just planted to Stratford, um, All Hallows' second plant. Um, you've got people like Jackie Driver, who was the treasurer here for a, a number of years. She's established a ministry that helps support the operations side of church plants all over London. And in fact, she's being drawn into the diocese for some work to help um, uh, churches all over the place. The impact is multiplying. Um, she's passing on what she learnt here um, from working with you. So, I mean, this multiplication effect. Um, I'm going to look at my notes. There's so many examples. Darren um, is not just, uh, you know, helped plant a church um, in, in CC Spitz, but he's also developing this uh, thing called the Grow Course, which is for 100 churches. Initially, it's going to be for a lot more now, but 100 churches to help them to grow all around London. And so he's responsible. He's delivering the content. He's developed the material. Um, so it's having an impact multiplying across many, many churches to help them to stop declining and start moving into growth. Um, just part of our work is we've been developing church plants in London since 2013, and 75 churches have been planted just in the Diocese of London alone since 2013 using um, experience that we learnt here. Just encouraging other people to hear this story and start saying, could we do that kind of thing elsewhere? Lots of different kinds of plants. Plants like revitalizing old churches like this, but also planting into estates or planting into cafes or planting into pubs. Just places where other people meet, where they're, kind of, they're interested in faith, but they're not interested in coming to church. People, a lot of people, younger people, have, have turned their backs on institutional religion, but they're actually more spiritual than ever. And so it might be they need to just simply meet in another place, ready to hear in a slightly different way the same message packaged differently. More and more people are in that category. Um, London has actually sent out um, 
uh, certainly more than 10 church plants to other cities um, just through the church planting work. There's um, another kind of wing of work I'm involved in is um, helping set up resource churches around the country. Resource churches are churches a bit like this one where um, they have a vision to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. And they're not just starting a church and kind of getting on with ministry there. They're saying, let's do that, but also let's start doing this elsewhere as well. And so it's a slightly different mindset. You start the church, but you have apprentice leaders who come and learn how to plant, like Bernard, who come along and then they go and do it themselves and start new churches in new places. And I just have to say, what Bernard said is extraordinary. Who would have thought, even just two years ago, that the Church of Vienna, the Roman Catholic Church of Vienna, which is one of the most conservative um, archdioceses in the world, would come to the Church of England, would come to St. Paul Shadwell to say, please can you help us to plant a church in Vienna? I mean, I just have to say, it's, God is doing some really interesting things, um, turning um, our world upside down. This is because of the seeds that you are sowing. All of these things. Resource churches, there are 85 of them in the country now. There, there weren't any before 2009. So um, 85 of them with a vision by their diocese to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. They're beginning as a result of these being established to start church planting strategies across their diocese. That's kind of regions in the country. And now, if you add up all the goals of individual dioceses, there are over 2,700 churches being planned to be planted in the next five to 10 years. This is the Church of England. The Church of England that's supposedly in decline is, has a plan to plant over 2,700 new churches to reach new people in new places. Isn't that amazing? So um, God, God is doing stuff. Often, you know, just like seeds planted in soil, and often underneath the surface, that will at some stage break out and break, in, uh, break through, and we will see extraordinary things uh, beginning to grow and multiply. So um, I get, because of you lot, I get the privilege of kind of getting to do this all around the country um, in, um, in my new role. Um, you might remember Rich Grant, Rich and Louisa, who were here for a few years. Um, they uh, planted a church in um, Gateshead, one of the most challenging places in the country to um, to plant a church. The ch church attendance is very, very low. It's one of the lowest in the country. And they've planted a church and done extraordinary things in that, using experience they learnt here. So they planted um, with, the, with the Durham Diocese into that extraordinarily challenging place. And they're seeing um, people come to faith. Um, they're seeing uh, the poor reached and helped, the transforming communities. And they're already planning to plant other churches in Gateshead and beyond. So there is much to celebrate. You know, each of these new churches, the reason church planting is so important is if you grow the church, you can grow your church, but it'll grow a little bit. But if you plant new churches, you grow the church, capital C, much, much faster. And actually we need, you know, it's not that we're trying to expand the church. What we're trying to do is to take this message of Jesus, to, to give that message to people who haven't heard it before. And as they respond, the church will grow. It's that way round. So these seeds that are being sown, it's about people hearing the message and responding to the message of Jesus. So for us, even as we think about that, you know, how can we invest in the life of this church? How can we encourage leaders and say to um, Phil and the PCC, you know, who are we coming, who's coming next to be trained to plant? 
You know, how, you know, how is the budget working so that we're putting enough money aside to be able to um, pay for people like that, to learn how to do this, to be sent elsewhere? How are we investing in, in the life here? So it's not just in, in far places like Vienna, but actually places like the, the estates around um, this church. How can we reach new people in new places, in new ways? These are things that, um, to ask of yourselves. Where's the good soil? But also, what about you? You know, what can you celebrate in what God has been doing in you that you just go, I wonder if that's the good soil that I need to keep on sowing into. What are the things that, um, that God wants to do and has done in you that needs to keep on happening in your life? Where's the good soil in you that you can celebrate and you can keep on investing in? Keep going with that. The final thing I want to say is um, to keep sowing. Keep going, keep sowing. You know, that legacy that we've, we're celebrating today continues. So, you know, Phil and Charlotte and the PCC and the lead, connect group leaders and the, and the staff, um, the leaders of this church in various ways. Um, you know, the new things that are going on. I love the way that you prayed for more, prayed for more. And, and actually, God will keep on giving to you if you're seeking him for those things. And so, um, sow generously. Sow those seeds generously. It, Church planting is very, very costly. It costs um, of ourselves. It is exhausting work. It's tiring work. And actually, we do need to um, please keep on looking after your leaders. Keep on checking in with them, saying, are you getting enough rest? Are you getting holiday? Are you, um, you know, do you have enough for what you need? Keep on honoring and looking after them. And indeed, the, 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 the connect group leaders, you know, any leaders, keep on honoring and looking after those leaders. Be generous towards them so that they can be generous with, as they lead. But also, you know, financially, it's costly financially. But, oh my goodness, it's worth it. I remember in 2010, we had our biggest gift day because we were not giving for us to help ministry continue here. We were giving towards the work of St. Um, Peter's, Bethnal Green, and All Hallows Bow. And, um, you know, All Hallows, that church was uh, enabled to um, get onto its feet because of the generosity of this congregation, this church. You paid full costs in year one. Um, you know, 75,000 pounds, the next year 50,000 pounds, the next year 35,000 pounds, the next year 15,000 pounds, until they got, uh, were able to be self-sustaining. That was because of, that's extraordinary giving in addition to the giving that was already going on here. So it, it does cost, but because of that, you've got a church that's not just thriving, it's the biggest it's ever been in that community. They just launched the cafe there, by the way, if you want to go up there, go and have a look, it looks amazing. Um, so I think there's quite good coffee as well. So, um, uh, you know, but they're not just, it's not just that community. They've started new churches in new places. So this investment is one that keeps on multiplying. If you're, gonna, if you're like an investor, you want something which is going to give a return. If you get 8% return, you're thinking, wow, that's a good investment. This is, you're talking 100% 100, 100 return, you know, 100 times return. That's more than 100%, isn't it? 100 times return is uh, the mathematicians will work that out. Philip, where's Philip? You can ask Philip Rice afterwards what, what the return is on 100 times. But um, you know, in terms of percentages, it's huge. This is an investment that is going to keep returning and returning and returning something extraordinary. People, you know, tens and hundreds of people are going to come up to you in heaven and say, thank you so much for the investment that you made. So generously, but also so wisely. 
we are called to scatter seeds wherever. It is, some of it's going to land on rocky soil. It doesn't matter. You know, Jesus says the sower is just sowing. But if you know where the good soil is, you are going to focus on that. So focus on what God is doing and what he wants to do in your own life, in the life of this church. So generously, so wisely, and so prayerfully. Again, this 24-7 prayer, keep on, I'm not saying keep on the 24-7 all the time because you know, there are moments when we can give ourselves to those, but keep praying because prayer unlocks things. Prayer is going to unlock things. It's going to unlock more generosity. It's going to unlock more faithfulness. It's going to unlock people coming to faith in this community and beyond. So prayerfully. Pray, you know, with those bands. Pray, um, you know, as you begin to think about your day. You know, God, help me to sow seeds today that are going to make a difference in people's lives. Just even a throwaway prayer like that is going to make a difference. Say, Lord, what, are the, what is the good soil in my own life that you want to sow into? Please, sow more into those things. And of course, the only way that all this is possible is because of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, His Spirit working in our lives today and through us. So we're going to pray that God will fill us afresh. For this moment, in you know, January the 26th, 2020, we need Him now. It's not just relying on what's happened before. We need him now to help propel us into all the things that he wants for us. You know, so that you can continue to do that work that God's called you to do in your family, in your, um, in your connect group, in the, the ways you're serving in this church, in your community, with your neighbors, but also as a church, how you can make a, an impact, as St. Paul shouted, and continue to make an impact beyond... Um, to places that are unimaginable. If it's Vienna this year, where's it going to be next year or the year after? Um, I've got some ideas, by the way. So um, <laughs> would you like to stand and let's pray? Let's, um, let's just first of all pray that, um, uh, just in quiet, I'd, I'd love you just to reflect. Let's, let's make it personal. Reflect on, you know, the fact he's been doing all this stuff with St. Paul's means that he also wants to do it with you individually. God, where's the good soil in me? And it might be that perhaps there's quite a lot of rocky soil around at the moment or um, weeds and stuff. And, you know, that's okay. But Jesus wants to lead you to the good soil. He wants you to discover that good soil and know that he's got plans and purposes for you. He wants you to thrive as a human being. He wants to sow good things into your life that are going to be great news for you. It's going to be fruitful. It's going to produce something which is so unimaginably good, not just for you, but for many, many people around you.